You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's a crossover Thursday, everybody, on Locked On Lions, Locked On Podcast Network, a Thursday, January 6th, and a Friday, January the 7th. Hope everybody's having a great day. Man, uh, today, January 6th, certainly a lot better than last year. And uh, we talk Lions football, Lions and Packers coming up Sunday at Ford Field. Aaron Rodgers back at practice today for Green Bay. Hadn't practiced on a Thursday in months with this toe injury, but he's back there today, and the Packers are playing this thing this weekend uh, like it's like it's a normal week, except the game means absolutely nothing. Uh, Jared Goff will give you an update on him. Aaron Glenn spoke today about being the defensive coordinator for the Lions from now and the and the near future. And it's a crossover Thursday. Peter Bukowski, this guy's a legend in Green Bay. Love me some Pete Bukowski. He's going to join us today for the crossovers. We'll talk Packers and Lions with the host of Lockdown Packers. Mr. Peter Bukowski. Uh, thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. Uh, love interacting with you guys on Twitter at Dairy Speaks, D E R Y Speaks. It's because of the listeners that I do this. Um, some of you, you know, tweet at me or hit me up on the Facebook page, on the fan page, or, or at Lockdown Lions on Twitter. And you let me know hey, you're my drive to work. You're my first listen. Uh, I drive on your, my drive home. Uh, I check it out. Thanks for the content. I, I'm just trying to entertain and have some fun and and give you the latest on the Lions with opinions and good guests and um, you know Jordan Reed, the draft guy, Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl. We're gonna have those guys on pretty soon as we get you ready for the off season and the draft and everything else. But it's uh, you know it's not been a good season. Of course, they've only won two games and lost 13 and tied one. But I think there is some optimism around this town. Uh, in regards to what Dan Campbell is doing and with some of Brad Holmes' draft picks and some of the pickups and the undrafted free agents and everything else that have played pretty well, and we'll see where this thing progresses. Um, one of the other uh, positives, before we talk to Peter, has been the uh, play calling and certainly the the coaching of Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator. Now, the Lions defense still isn't good and still statistically isn't great, but I think we've seen some strides made from last year and the worst defense in Lions history under Matt Patricia and Corey Unlin <coughs> to uh, Aaron Glenn now. And Glenn was asked today on Coordinator Thursday about interviewing for head coaching jobs this year. He made it clear it's not even on his mind. Quote, very simple answer on all that. I want to be the best coordinator the Lions have ever had. That's all I think about. End quote. Love that response. Absolutely love it. You went on to say, I want to be the best that's ever come through Detroit. I want you guys to say that at some point that he was the best coordinator ever. That's what my goal is. And certainly, some players have improved, and we've seen immense improvement defensively in certain a handful of guys. There's been improvements with Amanio Ruaria. He's a better football player under Aaron Glenn. Jerry Jacobs got better with each game. Jalen Reeves-Maben is an improved player. I think Julian O'Quara, to an extent, um, has improved. Look at what Charles Harris has done in Aaron Glenn's system and scheme. So there are some guys for next year that you want on the defense. Now, do they need more players? Yes, they do. Um, But I like that Aaron Glenn had that to say today. 
and, uh, you know, remains a guy that is on t- some team's radar. And it wouldn't surprise me if he got a few interviews. But, you know, is he going to, as Dave Burkett said yesterday or the day before we had Dave on, is he going to get a head coaching job based off of being on a defense that has two wins, maybe three? Probably not. But he could be gone after next year. Who knows? But he's done a really good job, and I like what he had to say today. Uh, as far as Week 18 in the injury report, Jared Goff remains limited in practice, so it's still going to be about a 50-50 shot that he plays Sunday against the Packers with that knee injury. And if he can't go, it'll be a little redemption time for Tim Boyle. Touchdown Tim, Mr. August. The former Packer, if he goes up against his former team. So that'll be kind of a wait and see. I still think Goff's going to try to give it a go and play. He's a pretty tough guy. Limited on a Thursday doesn't mean he won't play on Sunday. Especially with this being the last game, I think he's going to want to gut it out um, and be out there. All right, betonline.ag's got the Packers now as three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Lions on Sunday. You want to put some money down on the game or on any games. NHL, although the Wings game just got canceled tonight. NBA Pistons are playing tonight. Whatever it is, college basketball, you can do so at betonline.ag. We want to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, what about UFC, Dan? Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, it's where the game starts, Dan. It's a Week 18 crossover edition. Locked on Packers, Locked on Lions. I'm Peter Bukowski with Matt Derry from Locked on Lions and, and Matt. Uh, this is a game that in terms of don't tell Matt LaFleur this because he pushed back on this idea, but <laughs> it, it doesn't mean anything on paper. There's still something to be gained here, something to be learned theoretically, right? Sell this. <laughs> Pete, you know, I love talking to you, buddy. Happy New Year. Uh, you too, man. Let's go, baby. Lions Packers. Why is it that every year Lions Packers is week 18 and the game means nothing? This is getting boring. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about hub arkish or bums or vaccines. Come on. Plenty, uh, plenty of kneecaps. juicy stuff to get to. <laughs> You're you've been on the kneecap biting train. Uh there's like one person left on it. That's Peter Bukowski. I tell people all the time. But uh I don't know what to say. I mean, this is sort of a weird, it is weird. Like, are the Packers gonna they're going to play their starters? Like, what's that? Why would they possibly do that? I Well, uh, I I guess they, th- they, they think it's about sharpness. They think it's about um, keeping the momentum up and the rhythm up. I don't, I don't, I don't really know what to say about that. It's, I get it to a certain degree. I, I think Matt LaFleur is building a, uh, we need to stay sharp sort of mentality. I think that's born out of some issues coming out of bye weeks in the past, but I think the players want to play uh, three weeks off is a long time. And I also think it's a big part of, you know, David Bakhtiari practiced on Wednesday. Josh Myers practiced on Wednesday. Jair Alexander would have practiced if he weren't in COVID protocols. I think they want to get those guys back and see them in a regular season game before the playoffs get started for the lions. They have actual evaluations to do for some of these guys moving forward. 
what is the situation at quarterback? Who are we going to see? Is it going to be the Tim Boyle laser show? Is it going to be Jared Goff? What's the situation? <laughs> well, first of all, who was it? It was Tom Silverstein and one other Green Bay writer. And I don't want to just start a bash session here, but they were the ones that were tweeting when Tim Boyle signed with the Lions. Oh, he's going to push Goff. He's Ryan Wood. Te- he's terrible. What are you? What are these guys talking about? The laser show. I I refer to him as Mister August because at about mid July, as you know, uh, trudging through those summer shows, I said, "Listen, I know what's going to happen. Tim Boyle's <laughs> going to Tim Boyle's going to be unbelievable in the preseason. Yep, and the fans are all going to want him to play instead of Goff because he was good in Green Bay to an extent in the preseason. So I I, du- I dubbed him Mister August. He was brutal in the preseason. Then he broke his thumb. Then he comes back and they have to rush him into a start against the Browns where, I mean, the most, I mean, he maybe threw a five yard pass is the, is the deepest ball of the day. He's gotten a little better, but even last week against Seattle, three picks and just unsure of some throws. And I don't know. I mean, to me, he's a number three on a team, but right now it looks like golf really wants to play. Uh, they're taking it easy with him. But if I had to guess here, as we record on a, Wednesday into Thursday, I, I would think that golf will give it a go. And I think the Lions want to win. They really want to have a, a stamped victory in January to lead into next year. And they already are going to be getting either the number one or the number two pick. And uh, so they're at least locked into top two. And with the hope, I'm sure, of Jacksonville taking Neal from Bama and then either Thibodeau or Hutchinson are there for the Lions at two. But they're going to try to win this game. They are preparing that way. They just have so many injuries, as you know. And uh, plus they're not even that real, you know, very good either. So the Packers also locked into one, uh, or two, but in this case, we know it is, it is one for sure. Different kind of, of locked in and a different kind of one. Uh, th- I had, uh, Daniela Bruce from locked on now on yesterday. And when we were talking about hope and Dan Campbell, I, I, I did say kneecap biting, but, um, you're addicted. I am. I am. Um, but there are there are real, I, I think, signs of hope or at least players to be excited about Panay Sewell and the season that he's having, although he's in COVID protocols right now. Amon Ross St. Brown has been a revelation uh, for for the Lions. So, I mean, give me give me a couple names that, that maybe the, the Packers fans who haven't watched the Lions, which I assume is most of them, that they may not know about that, whether they're going to play on Sunday or not. Uh, that they should maybe know about and and say, hey, these are these are guys that are future pieces. They're something for this team. There are, and I think that that's one of the positives that you could take out of this year. Look, you you can't say much positive about this season. They have two wins, <laughs> and and they're not very good. And you knew the rebuild was going to be bad. I had them winning four games this year. I thought four thirteen, four and thirteen was going to be the record. Now they're sitting at you know two fourteen and one, um, which which is not good. But you're right. They very easily could have won a couple other of those games that they lost. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the Ravens game was was certainly right there, if not for Justin Tucker and the, and, and the Minnesota game in Minnesota. And, of course, they beat Minnesota uh, at home. Um, and Pittsburgh and Cleveland, they were right there. Um, but Amon Ross St. Brown, you mentioned the wide receiver and fourth-round pick has been fantastic. I, I could, can't believe how good he's been. Uh, you mentioned Sewell. I like Amani Oruwarie coming back next year as really the top corner with Jerry Jacobs, a UDFA cornerback, and Okuda, if healthy. So you figure you got three corners for next year right there that you're locking in and, and really like. Uh, the O-line is really good, actually, and uh, uh, and has depth now because Evan Brown, the backup center, has played very well in Frank Ragnow's absence. Uh, so your O-line of Sewell, uh, Jackson, uh, Ragnow, 
uh, Big V, Baitai, and and uh, um, uh, Sewell are all set for next year with some depth. So that's good. But they, they're going to need to add some more receivers, another tight end to go with Hawkinson. And the question of quarterback is still there. I mean, I think Jared Goff will be back based on his salary. But there were weeks you went, my goodness, no wonder Sean McVay kicked him to the curb. And then there were other weeks he was okay. But it's not been good enough. They've played, what, 16 games, and I believe 11 of the 16, they've been 17 or 20, point, uh, 20 points or below. That's that's ridiculous in this day and age of offense in this league. But, yes, there are some guys. Jalen Reeves-Maben is another guy that's made some plays on defense yeah. that might be back next year, but they still have a lot of holes to fill on that side. And uh, uh, some they're better on offense, but still, still need help at receiver outside of St. Brown and maybe Josh Reynolds, maybe. I also am, am thinking about the the coaching staff. I really liked that Dan Campbell said, okay, I'm not the offensive guru. I'm not the defensive maven. I'm not Vic Fangio or, or uh, Wink Martindale defensively. Offensively, I'm not Sean McVay. I'm not Kyle Shanahan. So he went out and got a bunch of coordinators that, that I really liked um, especially, you know, the, the going with a lot of these former players, giving them some chances it seems like he's building a culture there. And usually when we hear that, that's when I go, I don't know how this is going to go because right. culture only gets you so far. You still sure. need to be able to call plays. You still need to be able to make in-game adjustments, all that stuff. But the one thing you can say definitively about the Detroit Lions in 2021 is they will fight. They will play hard. And I, I do think that kind of stuff matters that when you get some better players and, and you and I agree, they need some better players that if you can translate that, all of a sudden you might really have something. It's wild to think that uh, you look at the, you're right, the assistant coaches mostly are all former players, guys like uh, Aaron Glenn, Antoine yep. Randall-L, Mark Brunel. Uh, Hank Fraley is a great offensive line coach um, mm -hmm. so and a former player. So you got a lot of that. You're right about the culture. I, I can't argue that with Dan Campbell. You and I have talked about this before. Can he coach? Right. Can he throw the challenge flag at the right spot? He's gone for it on fourth down more than any coach in the league, and his percentage is pretty good. But even last week against Seattle, fourth and one, you pull everybody up tight and you hand the ball off to Jamal Williams. The whole That's the Seahawks in the 12s. They knew what was coming, and that's not even the Legion of Boom defense. So there's times that you like the call, other times you don't. He's learning. Now, remember this. He's also calling the plays because Anthony Lynn has been an F as an offensive coordinator and I joked with Dave Burkett from the Free Press yesterday on the, on the podcast, when will Anthony Lynn resign? Like 445 on Sunday? Because that's that train's done. But on the other side, Aaron Glenn's a really good D coordinator. His yep. defense is, 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 has been pretty good despite all of the injuries. I, I really done. liked that that move when they brought in Aaron Glenn. And Anthony yeah. Lynn was the one where I was just sort of like, eh, is that the right thing? I, my, yeah. my case for Anthony Lynn when they got him was, this is going to be a run team, run team, run play action. That's the Jared Goff team. That's the DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams team. That's the, we have this big mauling offensive line team. I just, do, I, if you get a better quarterback and I don't know when that's going to happen, but eventually if you want to play modern offense, you have to be more than that. So I understood in the short term why that made sense because Jared Goff, by the way, probably going to be your quarterback next year too. Right. I mean, that's just the reality yeah. of the situation. Yeah. And so I still don't quite, don't quite get what that was all about. Um, but or I guess I guess I got it at the time, but it it worked out about as well as I, I, I feared it would or could. 
Well, I just I think with on paper you say Swift, Williams, Craig Reynolds as your third running back, mm-hmm. uh, who's come on and had a hundred yard game. The O line's good. Hawkinson's a Pro Bowler. Oh my God, St. Brown's breaking all these rookie receiving records. Man, they must be at least putting up 24, 27 a game, or at least sniffing twenty, and they're not. Goff has thrown some poor uh, passes. We mentioned Tim Boyle before. Um, they have no depth at tight end. And they just, when they get in the red zone, make some mistakes. They've also gone through seven kickers this year. Uh, the latest seven. guy, Ryan. Seven. Yes. Yeah. Going back to training camp with Randy Bullock, Matthew Wright, oh, no. uh, Aldrick Rosas. I could keep going. Uh, <laughs> now it's Riley Patterson, who's actually not bad. But there have been games where they've, you know, they would have scored three more and beaten the Steelers in overtime if Santoso, that's another one, Ryan Santoso, would have made that 47-yarder that wasn't even close. So, those are oh the kind of games. God, it wasn't kind of, even close. Do you remember that kick? The I do remember that. I had epic. forgotten it until now, and oh, now I remember it. Yes. It doesn't get any better. And Austin Seibert. So now I mentioned them all, but uh, next year they have to be better. And you got to, if you could throw a big playmaking receiver like a Jamison Williams or somebody from the draft yeah. um, in there on the opposite side of St. Brown or even on the same side in the slot, and maybe Josh Reynolds is the third guy. You get Cephas back. It's not horrible. But they're going to need better play at the quarterback position. I mean, you, you, no one knows better than you. I mean, you're seeing the best of the best right now. And golf is very, very average to below average most weeks. Great guy, great leader, has played hurt, but doesn't make enough throws. Do they at least go out? I mean, contractually, this is probably who they're going to roll with. The draft does not provide them with really many answers. They could go with a day two pick and and try and and find some upside. I don't, I don't know that that's the right way to go if I'm Detroit. Do any of these like veterans that could be out there, the Marcus Mariotas of the world, do anything for you, do you think? I mean, is that a, a path they could take to just come in and, and compete at least? Or if Jared Goff gets hurt, you don't have to play Tim Boyle for three, four weeks? They, You know, it's funny. Dan Campbell was asked about Boyle on Monday and, and said good things, and that's not a good sign. <laughs> I think you got to remember, too, they're paying Goff $31 million next year. They've got a bunch of other bad contracts, including Trey Flowers, that are still on yeah. the books. Uh, they're still paying Jamie Collins next year, who's gone. So mm. they've got cap space, but they need a lot more help to sit here and go, we're going to spend seven, eight million on a Mariota to come in and compete. They probably don't have that money. I think they're going to draft a quarterback for the first time in who knows how long in one of the rounds. I just don't know when. They've got the number two pick now and the number 28 or 29 pick now through the Rams. And then obviously a high number a second round pick. So there you go. You've got three of the first, let's say, 35 picks or something. One of those could be Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter, but those guys are great. This is not this is not a great QB class, so I don't think they're taking one at two. That's for sure. You don't want to be in a position to draft a quarterback where you have to convince yourself to take the guy. And you know if you're gonna if you're gonna make the case for Jordan Love, which you know I have at various points done, uh, though I've not always done it. Uh, that would be the Green Bay's case. We didn't want to take a guy when we felt like we had to, and then you're trying to fit a guy who's probably not as good as you want him to be at, at one of those spots. Maybe they love someone, and they can take him at 28, or they can take him at 33 or 34, whatever it is, um, and and they can get this sorted out, going the right direction. A lot, a lot more to get to on our crossover edition, Locked on Packers, Locked on Lions. Peter Bukowski and Matt Derry, we want to tell you about an app that everyone should be using who buys gas get upside. You're already going to go to the gas station. You're probably going to get sticker shock at the pump. So why not make it a little easier on yourself and use get upside? Get upside is going to pay you 25 cents 
per gallon of gas. Every time you fill up, just use promo code touchdown and you can get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first fill up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. The prices are already too high. Some people who are driving a lot, they're making two to $300 a month in cash back. No catch. The money just goes into your account, bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, Amazon, whatever you're looking for, download the free GetUpside app and get paid. Get cash back for doing something you were already going to do. And if you use the promo code touchdown, you will get 50 cents per gallon cash back on that first order. All right, Matt and Pete with you. Matt Derry, Locked On Lions. Pete Rakowski on the Thursday crossover from the Locked On Packers podcast. Green Bay, the number one seed, coming to Ford Field for a, what should be a dandy on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I was just stunned. Like, I love Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Rodgers on Manning cast the other night. So he's like, oh, I'm playing. And Matt LaFleur, you know, same thing. We're playing our start. I don't know. I mean, I know we already touched on it a little bit. You've got guys coming back like Myers and, and and Bakhtiari and you need to get Jair Alexander out there. But if they do play, they they can't play a lot, right? Come Sunday with with, with what you, this game means absolutely nothing to that team. So so Matt Lafleur, uh, right after by, by the way, right after the game on Sunday, said the same thing Aaron Rodgers did. I think three weeks is too long, and my gut is right now that our guys are going to play. Um, and and I don't think that's done without having had some sort of discussion about it at some point with with his players the players want Devontae Adams needs 21 yards to become the uh single season uh re reception leader in in Green wow. Bay history so um he wants to play I'm sure Aaron Rodgers uh wants to shut up Hubba Barkish and and go out and throw five six touchdowns <laughs> so that he has to vote for him for MVP and I you know I, I think these guys feel like hey we're rolling like let's not take our foot off the gas pedal Let's take the bye week. Let's refresh. But we got a game this Sunday. Let's go play it. Now, are they going to play four quarters? I don't think so. Matt LaFleur said, look, our mentality is to go into Detroit and try and win a football game. And, and he sort of demurred when he was asked about if our guys going to play two quarters, they can play a quarter, or they can play three quarters. And he was basically like, we're not looking at it that way. I promise you, Matt, they are looking at it that way. Uh, they have an idea in mind. This is going to be like the second or third preseason game. They have an idea in mind of how many snaps, how many drives, how many quarters they want the starters to be out there. And based on the game flow, they will decide from there. If the Packers go up 14, nothing in the first two quarter or first two drives, the guys are coming out. Like that's just, they're coming out. Um, now, you know, if it's, if it's 10, seven through the first quarter and, and they don't look really sharp, I think they might stay in a little bit longer, but I have a hard time seeing them playing past a half. What I think they want to do is start fast. They want to come out because they haven't really started fast all season. And that's really the only, the only knock on the offense, which has been in aggregate. Awesome. Is their first quarter offense is like bottom five in the league. And then they're the best second quarter team of like the last five years. And it doesn't make any sense. The Lions saw it in the first game. What do they go? 17 nothing in that game or something like yeah. that? And then 34 yeah. straight from Green Bay. So they want to come out hot. They they'd love to come out and make this a 14-0 game, a 17-3 game, a 20 to 7 game, and then rest everybody in a in a perfect world. The Lions, you know, it's gonna be up to them to try and say, you're not doing that on us. Did you think, Pete, that, that the Packers would be this good? I mean, they are the one seed, and everybody was talking about 
Oh, Brady's going to repeat with Tampa. Uh, Matthew Stafford, of course, got a lot of love in L.A. The NFC is clearly the better conference, to, uh, at least yeah. top-heavy wise. Did you think Green Bay was going to be this good? I thought Green Bay would be one of the three best teams in the league again. I thought that there was a pretty clear four-team hierarchy coming into the season. Tampa, Green Bay, Kansas City, and Buffalo. Um, I don't actually think L.A. is in that group because I don't and have never trusted Matthew Stafford. Um, and and you and I can disagree on that, and that's fine. If no, we do. No, no. I, I'm no. actually with you on it, but Lions fans... Uh... Uh, they, they'll they'll see your Twitter. So that's all right. Uh, they'll they'll they've already seen the tweets. Um, and the Rams fans are already mad. They're like, you tweet more about the Rams and the Packers, and I'm like, mm, you might want to check the timeline. But so I I what I didn't expect was for some of these players who've stepped up, guys like Devondre Campbell, out of nowhere. I mean, he was a he was a journeyman. He's on his third team in three years, and has come out and been a Pro Bowl caliber player at inside linebacker. Right? He was I I thought the biggest. Pro Bowl snub. I mean, Pro Football Focus has had him as a top five graded linebacker all year. Russell Douglas, I think since he came to Green Bay, is a top yeah. 10 corner by by PFF. He's been great. A handful of pick sixes saved the, their their game in Arizona. That is the kind of thing that you just can't predict. And you, and you would be dumb to predict. Oh, yeah, so here's what the Packers are going to do. They're going to pluck a guy off a practice squad who's going to become a, a you know, top 15 corner in the league for the, the remainder of the season. And they're going to pay $2 million for a journeyman linebacker. And he's going to turn into a top 10 linebacker in the league. No, if you predicted that you would be an idiot, but in this case, you'd be right. So I, I didn't see that coming. What I also am surprised by is the offensive line. If you had told me at the beginning of the season, David Bakhtiari would not play one snap until week 18 and might not even play week 18 that Elton Jenkins would play. What did he play? Six games this year, eight games. Um, that Josh Myers would miss more than half the season, that Jair Alexander would miss more than half the season, that Zadarius Smith would miss essentially the entire season, and that they would be 14 and three or 13 and four and the number one seed in the NFC. Hell no, Matt. Hell no. And yeah, so who's I'm the left, who's the left tackle now? It's they're not it's the third. Josh Neisman, their third, their third stringer. He's been great. He's been he's been really good. Who would have thought? Like it's just yeah. one of those things. Those things I think were very unpredictable. And it's why I think the Packers are so scary because they're the best team in the league without David Bakhtiari, without Jair Alexander. And now Josh Myers is coming back and Randall Cobb is coming back. Like they could be really, really scary here in January. All right. Take me through Sunday because let's say Rogers plays a little bit. They put go up, you know, put up some points and they pull these guys out of there. And again, Lions fans are going, the diehards that are going to go are going to go to try to see them win. I did watch Jordan Love, obviously, the other night in primetime against the Vikings. Um, <laughs> that poor Kellen Mond kid. <laughs> but, like, Jordan Love is – where? I mean, if he plays a lot, what do you expect? I mean, has he gotten any better? Because I can't tell. That is the hard thing to tell. Has he gotten better? I, I, if you ask people in the building, uh, you will get – I think you'll get mixed answers. Um and, and I've, I've talked to people in and outside the building, um, talked to people who've talked to people. And it's one of those weird things where um, it's a little bit of a Rorschach test. He's certainly gotten better. And I think, I think most people will say he's gotten better. It's the degree to which he's gotten better. And um, you're starting to see some of the flashes of the arm talent. But I was, I was disappointed with the plan for him with Kansas, against Kansas City. It felt like an Aaron Rodgers plan, um, not a Jordan Love plan. And so what I'd like to see, and I said this on our show yesterday, 
I'd like to see them really lean into the LaFleur concept stuff, the Shanahan tree stuff, under center, play action, um, deep shots, rather than trying to do the Aaron Rodgers, let's play empty, um, let's play a bunch of shotgun, although he's he you know used to shotgun at Utah State. I want to see if, if Matt LaFleur could just call whatever play he wanted to call, what plays would he call? I want, I want the Jordan Love package. I want zone reads. I want, I want that kind of stuff. And um, I don't know if we're going to get it. I have been impressed by some of the progress that he has made. The footwork has been better. The command of the offense has been better. Um, he, 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 the throw, so he can make some, some wild throws. And when he sees it cleanly and he plays in rhythm, man, he looks really good. And when the, the misses right now are what makes you go, what is that? And you know, there's, there's, uh, he needs the reps. He needs the reps. So this is, this is great for him. You know, it, whether he plays well or plays crappy, I think this is a great opportunity for him to get some snaps against a live NFL defense in a game that counts. Does it matter? No, but it counts. And, yeah. and that's different than the preseason. And it's against a team that's going to try. So uh, right. we'll see how that, uh, how that goes. But uh, Pete, always fun, my friend. We appreciate everybody. Uh, Making us your first listen, Matt Derry, Peter Bukowski, Locked on Lions, Locked on Packers, the Thursday crossover.